Hey, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going? Hey. Can you hear me? Welcome, man. Welcome, welcome. How, you How doing? are you? I'm <laughs> very good. Yes, I can. Man, I, I am really digging the, the energy of your space there with the vinyl. Oh. It's so cozy. <laughs> Mine looks way too like Spartan. Uh, oh, that's all right. I'm heavily digging it, man. So, how does the day find you? Oh, good. It's been it's been a typical day. <laughs> that's good. I mean, again, yeah, yeah. we have to we have to cherish the the average-ish typical days in this era of hopefully not World War Three. <laughs> I just yeah, say it all, right. all hyphenated at once. I just say it like that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I understand that for sure. Yeah, and I will say that times like these, it's uh, and it's not superlatives or anything. It's um, genuinely uh, art can bring so much solace and so much uh, again for the artists themselves. Like nothing really takes your mind off some of the heavier stuff than actually creating, and then also immersing into some of these worlds yeah. like Echolands. I've been I'm I'm loving Echolands. So. Oh, thank you, thank you, man. Thanks very much. No worries. So yeah, that's well, what I've been working on this week. So <laughs> I'm I'm you know here's the thing is um so I know Gabrielle uh and Lopez I think um um or I can't remember he did lock and key and stuff and he he oh, did so uh, Gabriel Rodriguez Rodriguez he 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 um he created uh sort of ages as well which is yeah. just another kind of amazing kind of monomythic yeah. Hodorowski and, and I just I dream of of this uh you know we're here in Australia it's no it's like we have some conventions and stuff but I just would love to at some point like you know, head over there and just be like, oh, cool. And just maybe be present at maybe it's like the, the, the latest volume releases for both. And, and, um, but I suppose that does, we, we, we obviously have the sword. We obviously have Apocryphon year, 10 yeah. years to dive yeah. into. Um, Crazy. It's been 10 years already. Trippy. Right. And thank you yeah. for this, this, this amazing oh. <laughs> nice. to the world of these designs, which have endured. And we were talking about monomythic elements, things that endure uh, across time um, and you have, I believe, a pretty strong innate sense of of of, of what kind of um, again you you've obviously would work with Batman and everything, and I think one of the huge reasons why you know that superhero thing is, is taking place is because there's this um, I suppose it's ever present in in uh, in mythology folklore. It's the that story of the hero, and um, yeah. Uh, However, what we're wonderfully exploring is is the dimensions of the gray area of like, um, and the apocrypha even, you know, like the stuff that, you know, it's, we're getting into the nitty gritty now, like we, we've, the genre has evolved this much. Um, so I guess I, not to just sort of maybe put you on the spot, but no, when, it's it comes, fine. when it comes to your like just personal leanings, um, uh, you, 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 you slid like, uh, you know, I don't know, some exotic, amazing fish into this perfectly. Like you just like for someone who had a, a, a lot in that sort of superhero sphere, mm. um, when, when you were announced as, as the Apocryphon artist, like, I mean, it's, it's still visually one of the, it just jumps out from the discography of just this, again, certain colors that you chose. I mean, it's so arresting. Yeah. It's, it's to this day, extremely unique album art. And so I'm, I'm wanting maybe, and if that's all right with you, this opportunity to dive into like the color choices and the, the themes and oh, all yeah. that stuff that you talked about with JD. So feel free to begin wherever you would like in terms of, you know, Apocryphon. Oh, uh, well, I mean, let's see. The way I got, got, um, got the gig in the first place, mm. I was already a sword fan, mm. uh, which, you know, 
helps immensely when mm-hmm. you know I'm <laughs> calling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just randomly got this email from their manager. I think through my website, like mm-hmm. I have a contact button through my website, and I think that's the way it originally came. So whoever was doing their managing for them at the time reached out to me saying, you know, the band loves your stuff. Uh, they're comic book fans and they love what you're doing. Are you interested in doing album art? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like a no brainer for me. Um, and uh, it was, it's a fun process because you get to hear demos of the recordings and things like that as they're going along. Um, but as far as the creative process was concerned, you know, early on, I don't know if there was a, a name for the album at the point of our first discussions. I can't remember that. Um, but when once I learned what the album was titled and JD's description of what the meaning of the term is apocryphon that that immediately opens up the creative doors because then i can kind of go okay now i know how to navigate possible directions um and one of the first things we touched upon before even thinking about uh what the visuals would actually be um was one of the things about the word apocryphon I think JD was saying means secret writing. And that led me to think about stuff I had learned about um, uh, studying a little bit of metaphysics stuff. So Anton Osmond Spare, uh, I mean, Austin Osmond Spare, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things he uh I don't know if he's the originator of, but he was one of the people that helped cultivate this uh, thing called uh, Alphabet of Desire. And the Alphabet of Desire is essentially invoking what you want out of the universe, out of reality, through essentially almost creating a secret writing. Mm. So... The basics of alphabet desire is say if there's something that you're desiring or wanting to accomplish a goal, whatever it may be, that um, you write it down. You take the first letter of each word and form them into a sigil. I mean, this is what I do yeah. literally with the quantum myth. It's literally yeah, yeah. everything I do. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> and so. Uh, just based on that simple notion alone, when he said secret writing, I'm like, oh, that's what we, and I told him about it. And he's like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, he would have lost his fucking little JD, JD mind. <laughs> All right. And, and, um, and so we decided right then and there to use it somehow. And so I was like, just in simple terms of a graphic design, regardless of meaning, mm. um, using um, sigils formed from the song titles on the back cover as example, without saying the song titles, stuff like that. So it has this sense of like, when you look at the art, just that one little detail alone makes you feel like, oh, there's something to, uh, to excavate here. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, it feels a little, um, uh, discovery looking for Thank discovery. You. Yeah. Right? That yeah. notion of, yeah. And then also the notion of obviously runes and, and sigils have the, 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 the idea of that the entire essence of that thing is contained within the rune. And that's what, yes. you know, with divine design yes. symbols. Yeah. So and again, then when it, the meaning, the, in terms of deeper meaning, that's where, uh, I applied the, the actual incantation aspect of, of this r- ritualistic practice where, so I told each one of them to through JD at the point, I didn't get to speak to other members of the band that much. It was all through JD at that point. Um, so I told JD, I'm like, you know, what I want is for each of you guys to think about uh, something you want a goal and just tell me the letters. Cause that's the trick. That's the mm-hmm. trick of it is I don't know. No one else knows only you, mm-hmm. only the person performing the ritual is to know. And so I said, just tell me the letters and I'll create a sigil for each one of you. And that's how the individual sigils came to exist. And then JD took it a little bit further and uh, provided a set of letters to create a sigil that represents something for, I don't know if it's for the album or some greater thing for the band as a whole. And that's where the sigil that's more translucent on the front comes from. Mm. Um, and uh, so that's where the, you know, some of the actual practice, uh, deeper meaning other than just, you know, pretty graphics. Yeah. And know. I just think because, you know, there's that, and you actually, there's a, a, allusions to this in some of the graphics you've um you've uh that, that you made part of the sort of design layout package which is beautiful by the way and, and thank you for that gift of your uh people the kids i don't know if they use this but the Flickr account that you oh, have oh, cool. with these extremely beautifully high res and obviously as you've been explaining i've actually been doing my editing magic so that like this you know you can uh like those old 1970s documentaries i mean it might even add some like <laughs> crackly 70s effect as you're describing these things and also <laughs> Especially when you were saying about, uh, you know, tell me the first sigil. I mean, and with the sagely beard, I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if you were bearded back then, but I'm sure. Oh, were yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you did? Yeah. So, and obviously if it was over the phone, we didn't have, I guess, Zoom or Skype as as like well-developed as we have, have it. But I can, like that itself conjures an image. So to any listeners of the show who are talented and kind of want to depict that, like that moment of JD kind of, Almost having that again. If this wasn't the internet, and you were in like a caravan somewhere in the woods, be like, "Tell me, <laughs> tell me the first letters of everything you desire." You know, <laughs> that's a very, very vivid image, man. Well, thank you. I'm sure. Have you probably shared that in, in I'm certain, um, some publication or, or maybe another interview, or is this a, a sclusi, as the kids would say? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, and then. I think that was one of the first things we stumbled on. And then we started having more uh, discussions about his ideas and thoughts and feelings about the lyrics that were written. Um, But one of the themes that kind of came across a lot was about sort of a return and a rebirth in a way. Mm. And so that's where some of the, ideas of the, the the iconography comes from where like you know the front you see this dead world that's split open and the molten cores coming out 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I chose a very hard edge for a triangular edge to almost feel like it's a slice mm-hmm. taken out um, uh, to, to show that there's still life inside the world. And, yeah. um, and then on the back, it sort of translates even further where you see, you know, the sunflowers springing up from, from death into this beautiful sky uh, being invoked by this goddess-like figure. Hence all um, the colors, I think, maybe because that color indicative of, of life and and the blooming of, of, of renewed, you know, yeah. yeah, like Genesis, all of that beautiful kaleidoscopic. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, some of the imagery that we chose for the interior were all kind of sprung off of those too. So like the, uh, the interior shots on, on the CD is harder to see, but on the vinyl edition, you can really see like the diagram that I created, which is, you know, there's a couple diagrams. One is um, the the pieces of a cell. Yeah, cell that's the life. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is a diagram representing the layers of the earth. Um, uh, but then one of the other ones that might be kind of surprising to people is Quetzalcoatl being used. And um Quetzalcoatl often is termed as being associated with the apocalypse. But the the true definition of apocalypse actually just means change. And so everything about what we were talking about was about some sort of evolution, Mm. some sort of change. And so that's where all that, that stuff is originating from. All I wanted to say was, uh, I don't know if there's maybe some subconscious notion of the, because again, etymology is so fascinating as well. The 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 prefix or whatever, apoc, apocryphon, apocalypse, you know, yeah. maybe yeah, some yeah. some kind of subject matter fusion happening. Um, and honestly, and and what I meant before is is if because uh, I I love the idea of hidden knowledge, and I like almost maybe the idea that. Uh, you weren't allowed to tell this unless 10 years had passed. I don't know. <laughs> right. But um, according to the edicts of like some say ancient society, but that's, what's fun. And I think something ever, ever renewable, ever interpretable, which so, so it's music, as you mentioned, like you were already connected to it. Jody has in his, you know, he opened first album self-produced, you know, WB eats that quote about come away oh human child to the waters in the wild. Yeah. So all of that, that notion, but the first two albums have this sense of ending, the sense of the sundering and things falling apart and long gone are the ages of the alchemist. Like, but yeah. this album has this notion of, of ending, but beginning. Cause it's the, the end of their sort of fantasy trilogy, if you will, but yeah, yeah. It, it has this notion of, of, of birth. Right. And, yeah. um, and that's the, the, the feminine, you know, the imagery of the red as well, red. So, so prominent in, in sort of mythological depictions and, you know, color psychology of like indicative yeah. of like, you know, birth blood kind of thing. And so birth blood again, magma, you know? So yeah. what I'm saying is you are a gift to the art form of visual art. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I, just have, I, mean, I have to say that, man. I to, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if some of my, because the background I came, came from is, mm-hmm. you know, from with comics, you know, all the visuals are, have one goal with comics and that's to tell a narrative. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that probably translated a little bit to my work on this and same with my work on the Blondie album uh, that I did where I try, I tried to take ideas that or feelings that the music might invoke Mm -hmm. um, 
and give it a narrative aspect. So every piece is placed where they are very purposefully Hmm. um, and trying to build a picture in uh, more vague terms, you know, uh, a sense of narrative to the visual, even if the, the listener isn't picking up on what all those meanings are, they feel like there's something there. They feel that there's a narrative, you know? I mean, you'll hear production designers talk about that all the time. It's like, we built the whole set. We know the camera actually won't fall on certain aspects, but because it's there, there's a, there's, it's an energy thing. And it's, you know, I'm so glad you brought up cells and, and the evocation of both, like, for example, with what my, what I do is I, my stuff is based off of morphogenesis, which is the science, the scientific term for, the manner in which shapes of all kinds are created, which accounts for why like the capillaries in one's eyes resemble the roots in the ground and the lightning kind of arcs, all following that same kind of fundamental electricity. And to hear that there is that notion that, well, if you look at a cell and if you look at, you know, the earth itself, there's these layers, this kind of commonality. And another thing is I was talking about this recently about um, symbolism and the feminine, the masculine, again, things break down in essence, like with atoms, like positive, negative, and then circles and lines. And obviously the line is the masculine phallic, the circle, the feminine, the round. And with the universe being this expanding thing, being this essentially inherently feminine thing because Uh of that circularity and then planet Earth looking circular. What I love is that with your album, with with the album art representing renewal, it's like, and that's that feminine, powerful figure retaining the mystery, but also that it gives that hope that for me, I mean, this, I'm not trying to be like white knighty or whatever. I just think women are like bi- <laughs> biologically extremely good at leading. And like, so the idea of like this woman, yeah. like rising and then leading the new planet into this, like primal connected with darkness, connected to one's shadow, like beautiful birth of, so like things coming out from the secrets coming out from yeah, the darkness. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I don't know, there's, there's a, there's even, I'm not, again, I don't want to bandy that word around, but there's like a, a beautifully feminist kind of component to that of like, there's some, I mean, and Jedi, he has this essence of just like the great poets. He, he has this payanification of the feminine, like the, the cloak of feathers, which I think you maybe was that a little bit with the, the woman with her fed, like the cloak of feathers, a little yeah, bit of yeah, allusion there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so man, like, I, uh, yeah, the, like I said, I, I, I think, Art for me is so connected to storytelling. I do like art unto itself sometimes, but yeah. nine times out of 10, we're all living a story right now. Like you right now, this is part of your story. Uh, and so when something is infused narratively, it's that for me is the indicator that it's like, oh, there, this is. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and a lot of times people misunderstand narrative or the meaning of narrative too. I had a little bit of an interaction with another uh, comic artist colleague of mine on Twitter, and he was talking about, he, he's mainly known for being an artist, but he does write too. And he was talking a little bit about being a writer. And I don't normally jump in on things on those conversations, but I just couldn't help but say, well, there's so much thought put into creating a comic book that just being a comic book artist, you're already a writer. Yep. It's already a form of narrative. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up just making a simple statement where I just ended up saying a visual is narrative. So even a singular image is trying to communicate, right? All all's narrative really means is mm-hmm. communicate. Yeah. And so 
I kind of can't, for me, creatively, yes, it just depends on which medium you're choosing to communicate. One could be a visual, like a single image. One could be a series of images that are interconnected or related, such as the sort of pocket front album cover, mm-hmm. or something more fully fleshed out, like a, uh, a comic uh, or graphic novel or film, or another medium would be poetry or prose writing. It's all the same thing. It's all narrative. <laughs> We're all trying to communicate something in one form or another in whatever ways we we think we can achieve it with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, because one of the things that gets leveled a bit at abstract art is that it, it is just this sort of unconscious sort of channeled just with no with no story but that's what the quantum myth for me is about is i call them i call them capturings of infinity and the the fundamental web of i call it the ever shaping right which is at all times whether it's the sentence you just said or the week that's to come or the week that was everything is a series of patterns everything's a story and my my notion is that along with sometimes you know these secret societies who are like believe that things are planned out and everything's mapped out i i consider it to be this like invisible lattice work along which uh-huh. everything from again like even the breath everything is part of a story it's a narrative I- inherently and i i never really believe in in visuals in a void you know yeah uh, exactly. visuals are always again and it's just we're flesh we're temporal beings advancing in one direction and what is that it's it's a story like we're, you cannot <laughs> yeah. escape the story you yeah, know, and, and uh, I, I agree. Abstract uh, visuals uh, uh, are a form of communication too. It is a narrative. Yeah, just, exactly. It's, it's it might be uh, for some. It might be a narrative that demands of the viewer to decide what that narrative is for themselves because it is abstract. Yeah. So it's how they interact with it. That's the story that's happening. Is how they interact with it. Mm. Uh, or it's trying to convey some sort of feeling, uh, whether the viewer is picking up on the accuracy of that feeling in themselves versus what the the painter uh, or artist like yourself uh, is trying to put into the feeling as they're creating it. Mm. So, so um, yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you. Where if you know if there's pushback on from hmm. people that you know abstract art isn't telling yeah. you anything it's like no that's nonsense every it's all it's still a form of communication well speaking of communication you know all art is two things it's never just the person putting it it's like then it's it's about the interpretation and then it's it's you've put it and yeah. as soon as the pen hits paper that becomes two things it's you putting it and then someone receiving it visually you yeah. know and then yep. again nine nine of the time attaching a story to it attaching your mood that you're into it um and that's why i love yeah and i I quite enjoy the rorschach element of art where you know and that's some of my stuff is like what do you see some my my landlord a long time ago is like well i see satan (laughs) in this one here (laughs) and i was like well (laughs) i wasn't with that landlord (laughs) i know i I was like that's really heavy i think he saw one curled out little because this is like based on like a an ancient kind of forest kind of ritual oh that's cool of, of like putting sort of branches and twigs and uh-huh. very much like very much like the the central character of the apocryphon depiction 
you know, she would be in the woods somewhere, you know, throwing like squirrel guts together with like mushrooms and twigs and branches and like <laughs> mixing it, mixing it all around and then reading the, the wisdoms of the universe, you know? So, so I mentioned, and again, I like to be very unfettered. I'm all Italian heritage. So it's like, you just, you show the love. Right. And sometimes uh, yeah. like if we were, if you was in person, I'd be like, and this is the Australian part. I'd be like, like, like just smacking <laughs> like super, because I just think the way that you've, created this insanely multifaceted over you know of 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 i will say yeah that 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 comic sphere that superheroes and stuff but it's it's interesting also that i come that we entered like it's almost like it's come full circle from the 10 years with apocryphon with this sort of fantasy you know arcane montaigne all of these you know yeah medieval and, and fantasy aspects and and now echo lands you know um yeah, which I just yeah. find like, I'm pleased if you wanted to maybe, because uh, I've, I've been looking into it, but uh, you can give a, a bit of an Echo Lands update if you'd like uh, uh, for people who, um, and there's obviously going to be art in the edit layer yeah, yeah. of this one here. So I know you're, you're creating this big piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and I know that you're collaborating with, with another creator on yes. that one. And, yes. uh, but how has it been for you, Echo Lands, and, and where do you see it going? And go for it. Uh, well, Echo Lands, uh, for those who don't know, um, uh, is a comic series I'm developing over at Image Comics with uh, W. Hayden Blackman, who I worked with on Batwoman over at DC. Um, we've known each other for a long time, and Echo Lands is something we wanted to do for a very, very long time. Um, and it's kind of a hard premise to lay out simply, but basically we're dealing with a set of characters in a world that pretty much any genre you can think of exists in this world. So it's populated by people who stem from these various genres um, that have evolved over time. Um, so it starts off in, in San Francisco, but it's unlike any San Francisco that you would recognize. Uh, so, it, but when I say, any genre I, I mean we're like very literal about that you could be standing next to a cowboy character next yeah. to a cyborg elf next to you know <laughs> a universal uh uni universal film style monster frankenstein character you know and just on and on and on so um, good i love it so it has but then there's also a there's a fantasy element to that and we introduce that there's magic involved but there's also uh, science and science fiction elements in there too. Um, and so the basics of the story is our main character, Hope Red Hood. It starts off just after she has stolen, stolen this gem from the tyrannical wizard, Taros Demond, who basically is this guy who everyone calls him the wizard. He seems to have some sort of crazy powers and he is the, the typical uh, autocrat, but filtered mm. through uh, a fantasy type of lens. Mm. So this gem is important to him. We don't know why. Uh, to her, she just thought it was cool. But because she stole it, she's opened up a whole can of worms. And it sends her and her, her companions down a path that will lead them to the discovery of the truth of where they are from. 
what the Echolands actually is. Mm. Um, and so it's going to raise lots of questions that we don't necessarily answer for you quickly uh, as we go, because we want, we want the, those answers to, to reveal themselves to the reader in a natural fashion as the, the characters themselves discover them. We don't want to spell it all out. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> but we, we, that's where it's headed is to what the secret of the echo lands is. And once they understand that, I think once we get to that reveal, readers are going to be like, what? <laughs> I love it, man. It just reminds <laughs> so, me of, I know it's crazy. I never got too much into lost or anything, but like, I, I do love like Lynch and twin peaks and I, I just things where there's a central mystery in, in, in like, and again, it's interestingly also in line with Apocryphone, this idea of secrets to be shown and secrets to be, to be found, yeah. you know, again, something very primal uh, and also childlike the child who's always discovering things is, you know, everything's new to them, you know, um, as, as they go along. And, um, and yes, from what I've seen, like I'm, I'm going to be done. And, and I suggest, and I like to intimidate my listeners, actually. If you don't, you need to go right now, pause the episode and go get Echo landed up. Seriously. It, it's looking incredible. And, um, and, I'm, and here's the thing. What's, what's the benefit? Of, and I love the, the kind of cross-pollination of things is I want this to have launched you know, inquiries into you know, all these different spheres that we've been talking about. Again, I, I always love eclecticism and when you talked about this thing being hey you know these two artists like yourself and and, and your, your creative partner um you know it's it's that omnidirectional i love that word can go anywhere yes and there's nothing quite like an omnidirectional premise mapped to the monomyth and yeah. so i don't say this lightly like that sounds like one of the most exciting adventures to to join a pair of creators on so i'll be definitely you know following along for sure Cool, cool. Yeah, we 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 hope people uh, uh, end up enjoying it. It's you know going to be a long journey. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of hard work. I mean, of course, uh, the time it's taking to produce some sequences is in, insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're hoping by you know as we go along and when, once the thing is all said and done, that my hopes are that we've produced a work that people will want to revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard from a, one reader that went back and reread the issues because they were reading as they were going and writing me little letters. Um, but they reread it all and they were like, they mentioned <laughs> that they're like, they got more out of rereading, which is what you want, you know? So yeah. I, I feel we're on a good path if that's what we're doing, where people feel like it, mm. they're, they get rewarded by multiple readings they are getting more out of it. There's more things to see. And we're hoping that just keeps expanding as we go, because, you know, the first six issues that are now out, you know, um, it's only, that's only the beginning. Mm. It's only this scratches the surface of where this thing can goes, can go. Uh, I did an interview uh, for the comics cube at right after issue four came out, or was it issue? Was it issue? No, maybe issue three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to the end of that issue, and he w- himself was like, I thought I knew what this thing was. Right. And I get to the end of that issue, and he's like, What the hell? Because, like, all of a sudden, there's like this, 
you know, giant robot, like from Shogun Warriors or something like that, you know? And he's like, what? And so that's kind of an example of what I mean. is like, you just don't know what's going to be around the other corner. It must be so uh, exciting for you guys world. as creators so too. so much fun. Yes, that's what I mean. And, 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 and one thing is uh, because, and I, I get this feeling from both of you, is, is um, you know, for people I don't know, like, again, comics don't come out of a vacuum, ask any of the, the greats, the J.H. Williams, the Mike Mignolas, whatever, they'll tell you it's, 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 it's long, long, hard, you know, hours and, and days. You know, I've had Chet Sar on this one, um, Richie Beckett. Richie Beckett, he's a crosshatcher, so it's oh, uh-huh. <laughs> this poor guy. Yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, like, that's life. That's like yeah. every, is there every J.H. Williams page it's almost that you can almost imagine like a little floating number. It's like, what's that number? Well, that's the amount of hours this man poured <laughs> into this exact individual frame. Right. And I think yeah. it would shock a lot of people. So, so you, infuse, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I just think when, when there's that amount of creative dedication applied to these stories, which again, you have this eclecticism to you, this multifacetedness to you that it absolutely inherently, like as a, as a spillover, as a, as a byproduct, whatever you do is there is infused with that eclecticism and, and that depth. And it absolutely makes rewatches and, and sorry, like re rereads like super worthwhile and additive. And I always say, it's like, why not rewatch that scene? Why not rewatch that movie? It's like the editor has seen that probably more times than you'll ever see it in your life. Like this thing has been kind of massaged into its shape. So it's like, you all, you're always rewarded with closer viewing. And, and when, when there's work like with depth, like, like, like what you create, man, for sure. Yeah, you know, in a project like Echolands, um, it definitely, okay, so my work in general on every project I've done always has taken me a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just one of, I don't know why, that's just, my, that's just my natural pace. It takes me a while to do what I do. Echolands kind of steps it up because uh, many of the things I've all worked on prior were based in worlds that somebody else already created, you know, Batman or Sandman or mm-hmm. whatever those universes were or are, the iconography is already there. Mm-hmm. It's already, I can, it's a wellspring to draw from. Mm-hmm. But when doing something like Echolands where you're, you're basically creating that from the ground up, it's all this world building involved. And when we're doing, when doing a world as it's elaborate as what we are, uh, that all just so takes so much time. <laughs> of course, you're you world know? building at the same time. Yeah, the thought processes in terms of the writing before we even illustrate anything. Uh, and then on top of it, we decided to do something a little nuts and, and turn the book on its side and make it landscape. Um, and a little funny story about that is at the beginning, we, you know, we decided pretty early on that's how we wanted to tackle it. But when it came time to start illustrating, I was like, kind of like, I, it's no big <laughs> deal. It's the same. I'm working on the same number of inches. It's just turned on its side. No big deal. And I was so wrong. It changed. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, learning curve was steep. So, uh, and it's still, uh, some pages don't work the way I think they will in my brain because I, I'm coming from, you know, 20 years of uh, vertical professional like, yeah, yeah, work, yeah. Mm. working on a standard comic. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So when I see images in my head, I easily go to that shape rather than this shape. Mm-hmm. And so it's constantly this adjustment and that takes time because you're like, oh, wait, does this actually work? You're in IMAX. You're in widescreen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then we, you do that and then you throw in sequences like the sequence we're working on now uh, takes place in this land that's in Echolands called Horror Hill. It's all based on black and white horror comics and black and white horror films. And so everything I'm doing there is fully rendered in black and white. So full on rendering because we're not going to be using any color unless if like the character Hope, she's in color. So she's walking around in color in this black and white world. But everything else being black and white. So the amount of rendering involved to get the right effect is a lot of time. So I have found that this entire sequence, every two pages is taking me two weeks <laughs> or a little bit longer. That's a lot of hours. And so when you do the math, you know, 24 pages an issue and but so on and so wow. on. It's like, it should, I mean, I think it should be standardized. There should be on every comic, maybe even like a, you know, a removable translucent, whatever, but it should be like in the bottom right corner, it's like two, two adult men poured actual back-to-back three <laughs> three full days of their lives into this thing you're holding three days of human life in your hand in yeah. the form of paper um <laughs> but i just but also but i love i love that that aspect of the a bit of the mad creator to to you which i like but that idea of you know um you know subverting and and surprising yourself with a decision you know um yeah. to to kind of I just love that, man. I love that for you that you're um, discovering these people who are on these multifaceted artistic creative paths are like, you are living right. Like you are doing life right. And uh, when we catch up, maybe however long, another 10 years, it'll be mm-hmm. nice to be like, yeah, no. So I had to do this holographically, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, Jay Hayes. And a hologram comes out. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I just love that. It's great. It's great, man. Well, I'll go through some of these, like, kind of, you know, just while we, we'll, we'll pepper in the sort of sword stuff. Man, I, I, you know, with the, and also, by the way, links to everything, Echolands in the description, just jump in. I want it to be a giant Echolands party. I want to see that bump. I want to notice. I want JH to message me and say, actually, after that episode, whoa, ho, ho. So I want you to, <laughs> to make me look good and make JH look good. Okay. I'm going to write a story called The Tale of J.H. and J.D. <laughs> so these, <laughs> these guys creating this, creating this, this. It's so funny. I mean, I've said this to J. You have, can you, maybe you can even, because you have that channel to him. He's, he's notoriously Wonka-esque, which I love. I, I love this, the, the sort of gregarious and talking, but I also respect the creators who are like, I just don't, you know, I just make stuff. And it's like, that's fine. But I've been saying to J.D. for a while, like, I need, I need, like if about JD of him, I, I spoke with Brian Ritchie and 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 Kyle Shutt and Trivet Wingo. They've all three of them. I haven't spoken with Jimmy yet. Jimmy still okay. hasn't been on the show, but um, JD is very very narratively gifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night the sky cried tears of fire again, phenomenal. I've been looking yeah. for Dan. Our he's he's a native Australian, Dan McFarlane. He's vanished. The artist <laughs> of Warp Riders has disappeared from planet really? earth we can't find him and apparently huh. kyle i know kyle shut was like we owe him money like, <laughs> like <laughs> and they said it on my show i'm like well okay well i'll just i guess i'll reach re- i mean i had to mention it so if you 
I don't know, man. Know someone who knows someone. We can't find him. So I started huh. a subreddit. I've started a subreddit and a hashtag. Like, where is Dan McFarlane? <laughs> How funny. That is so weird. Yeah, we'll that get there. That is so weird. But but back to it. I just, I did, again, maybe five, ten years. I just want to be like, okay, yeah, you know, I used my JH, that, you know, the, the club of people whose names are just too... <laughs> like the, the initials the jh jk rowling is probably part of the group jd all the <laughs> all the j names whatever secret society and you and you're like albert i was able to get him to adapt apocryphon into i could so obviously see apocryphon as like a little mini issue you know oh, for th- sure these are the things i dream of as like with my producer brain i'm like well obviously didn't things didn't come together for the 10th anniversary but at some point just a little mini i love the mini issue of like it's the story of the woman and it's her imagining this new world. And it's yeah. just this beautiful kind of Jodorowskian imagining. Yeah. Of, so I would love that. I'd love for you to adapt so much of like, I just think you and JD have, have a great kind of narrative artistic alchemy, which was so, I mean, it, it just spilled, spilled forth. So did you guys ever maybe contemplate creating something together or you helping him with one of his stories, like representing it visually. I know that Kyle said that yeah. he's for the longest time wanted a sword comic or anything, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, at that period of time, we did talk about um, being interested in doing a graphic novel. I, uh, I think he had even sent me some sort of premise of some kind Uh so there was some discuss discussion of it, and he he himself had thought about doing something like that. Um, I don't know if they, him or the sword as a whole, still have an interest in doing something like that. It would surprise me if they if they did, because you know I know how much they they seem to really like comics. Um, so like a, yeah, some sort of graphic novel thing would be super cool. It's just yeah. a matter of when and how, right? I know, um, I know. It, it was brought up briefly awesome. to to uh, collaborate in that way on something, um, but you know, life takes you in different directions. They they live busy lives. I live a busy life too, and so it's like some things that just don't materialize for whatever but, but, reason. You know? But here's the thing: is again, as this. And I, I, I do call you a mystic because you have created sigils and you've imbued them with, with symbolism and wisdom. You've put them into the universe and you've tied them to creative acts. And, and you are a ritualist in many ways. I think every art piece is a ritual. Um, so what I, what I genuinely see is that we've spoken this, you've, you've said this, it's out in the world that has and words snowball. Like they, 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 mani- <laughs> right. they manifest. So what I would love is right. for, pe- for all the people who, because who knows who knows what podcast reaches who? It's almost like a message in a bottle, right? Yeah. This yeah. could end up in the ear holes of some IDW, whatever publisher who's like, well, I fucking love Warp Riders. I fucking love uh, Apocryphon. And I, I, every time I listen to it, it feels like a sequence of chapters. And again, you have this great tendency, great uh, sense of nomenclature, like of... Um, you know, like oh, I always think the best albums, like every song title, could be like the chapter of a book. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I think I, I, you, you made a lot of people tuning in. Obviously, like gra- like grasp the lawn mowers and like like maybe do one of these, <laughs> do one of these while driving. It's like what a sword comic, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> or so even you- <laughs> I, I even could see uh, getting them to. You know, like if Echolands ever became something more than a comic, 
Mm-hmm. Like if it became a TV show or a film mm-hmm. or whatever, it I will. mean, they're the first piece people I would call like to, to, uh, possibly do music for it you know hell yeah i mean that would be pretty dope right (laughs) there is there is a film score inside that man jd and and kyle and and brian and jimmy and it is the film score yeah that's right yeah and we'll we'll get tim granda involved he's doing what is it i had chet czar on a couple days ago and and uh for the tool podcast stuff and he was like this book, this dystopia book, it's been taking him ages. He's like, it's because the Kickstarter and all that. Um, but, uh, but what I would love to see is, um, um, yeah. So Tim Grander, he's doing, I think it's like planet of doom or something. And uh-huh. uh, he's, he's done some stuff with Skinner as well. Um, music video for high on fire and stuff. And it's all, everything's just waiting there. Everything's again, it's just about timing. These ideas write themselves as, 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 as they say is you and, so many, but the thing is, is, you know, only so much time, only so many, you know, hours in the day yeah. and stuff, but I'm just yeah. manifesting all good things. Just know that you have a, a I, I do, I can, I have that privilege actually to be this sort of conduit to be able to express on behalf of the community. I'm a creator, but I do love being part of these. Yeah. Again, it's all free or whatever. It's all, that's why I use all the other official logos because I just don't want to make anything of it. I just want to showcase and signal boost and have conversations like this. And so if I, I just want to say like, you have so many people listening in who are just falling over themselves, going to find out more. JH Williams. Also, I love your, I fucking love your website. It is, oh. you're not allowed to change it. It's, I, it's, <laughs> it, needs it's, a, it needs sprucing no. so badly. It is so, <laughs> fucking, it is so, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. If you want to, but I will, I will screen capture the fuck out of it. Cause I'm finding, I'm trying to find, little havens of the old internet before we all disappear and become tiktok stars <laughs> yeah so it's old internet all right <laughs> yeah it is but i love it so no it's cool man so but 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 here's actually you know one thing i could see because we did talk about holograms and stuff is is um yeah i, I think especially coming off of echo lens and that's why i said it's a matter of when i don't think it's going to be i the material is strong enough that you know had lock and key become something and it, that's just how things especially netflix uh and all of these properties they they're they're really ravenous and one of the benefits of this i guess you would say unceasing like this just rights are being acquired and adaptations are beginning and animation centers are being founded it's it's a lot of ideas now compared to maybe even 10 years ago have a fair a pretty fairly good chance and you've got like quite the you know um quite the overt to you so they say they see jh williams they see creative endeavor they see you know legend of vox machina i mean have you heard of that the 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 critical role guys okay check oh, this right. out. yeah, yeah the, i mean i don't follow it too closely but a bunch of people start playing D 10 years ago um mm-hmm. they start creating characters and they film themselves that is a yeah. fucking animated series now which is winning awards right <laughs> their D campaign man yeah. so i mean i will be your oceania region manager i'll just be like look look <laughs> jh he's got the goods the critical role guys get to have their legend of vox machina let's fucking go man echo lands animated <laughs> netflix are killing it with animation by the way they have that um castlevania you know oh, uh-huh. um so it's it's a what is it a shoe-in or whatever it's like it's it's meant yeah. to be so i'm manifesting that for you too man it's definitely you know <laughs> cool it'll be a, a michael Crichton situation where it's like Steven, I'm writing the book. It's like, I, just, I want the rights, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy. No, that's cool, man. Um, 
man, all ki- again, I'm speaking with a, an omnidirectional human being, so we could literally go in all kinds of directions. I guess we could say what, what's your favorite song on the record is. Why not? Do you have a favorite? You're going to make, Ooh. start some flame wars? <laughs> oh, no, that's like, that's tough. Uh, I, I, I pin you. I pin you as a cloak of feathers guy, just because of the album cover. I was going to say that one or uh, Arcane Montaigne. I love Arcane Montaigne as well. Yeah, I, it's hit. tough. That that I don't know. That record is really hard to pin down to yeah. pick a, a favorite track. I, Masters. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's all. I mean, all their albums are great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and of course, I'm a little biased, so you know, I heavily focus on the record as it's as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, those two songs definitely stand out for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and now, now unleashed in the comments, in it's like, well, actually, da da da, you know, gotta, <laughs> love, gotta, gotta love the internet that way. And obviously, I could not, um, because I there's a couple extra things, but I'm gonna jump in and talk about your amazing shirt. Right, because uh, uh, come on, man. It's just, so, so they just announced they're gonna because we do monsterverse stuff. To, they, they're filming it actually. It's crazy in Queensland here in Australia. Oh no, okay. Godzilla, the, the sequel to Godzilla vs Kong. I have nice. to get. It's like, sir, JH. What were your thoughts on Godzilla vs Kong? <laughs> <laughs> what did you, what I did you reckon? <laughs> I fucking love it. I loved it. it. It's like <laughs> I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, how could you hate? How could you love that? I'm sure there's hate. No. You know, haters on anything, but. It was fun. I don't know. For me, the the new uh, set of films, regardless of, you know, there's nothing that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I go in to watch something like, you know, the new set of films from Godzilla to Kong to Godzilla versus Kong, uh, or Godzilla King King of the Monsters or whatever. I just like, I just kind <laughs> of like. Have fun. <laughs> I go into it with have to have fun. Yeah. Do they, you know, there's, I come out of watching a movie like that and like, I have nothing to complain about. That's, that's, that's what I say, you know, mm. because it's like, especially, I mean, come on. If, if you're going into watching one of those and you're a fan of the old stuff, granted, these feel dramatically different. Mm. But none of even the old stuff. It's not genius filmmaking. No, you know it, it's it's there to have fun and to watch something really bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that what I happen. get out of the new ones. They're just much more um, aggressively uh, dramatic, I guess. Oh yeah, say. you know. Yeah, but some of the monster designs and things like that. I mean, they're just. You know, and when, and when you get, I don't know. I went into what like when when Kong first was being advertised. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. about this, and I was prepared to really dislike it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I watched it, I'm like, no, I can't help but look. <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. I love uh, <laughs> Kong Skull Island. It's great. Uh, there's all these yeah. layers to it. Which Sam Jackson, he's like, you know what? This character, Packard, he's like Kong himself. He's just trying to protect, da da da, and all these kind of hidden layers, which I loved. And yeah, um, uh, a couple of random facts. So Adam Wingard is now adapting Thundercats. The guy who no way he's fucking doing it, man. And he's stoked. He's oh, like, when weird. I was when he was, uh, I was like, I was directing Hollow Earth, 
and it hit me. Boom. I, I have an in. I've broken. I've cracked the story of Thundercats. Let's go. So a couple of years time. He's also, um, I think he's doing a sequel to Face Off. He's an insane human being. <laughs> he's <laughs> <laughs> A sequel to Face Off. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> As a, and, and second, I'm just these daggy facts, because why not? And I love omnidirectional yeah, discourse sure. anyway. Um, so King Kong, back in the 1930s, uh, it was the Great Depression. That guy, like, the RAKO, obviously facing bankruptcy who wasn't right but the power of king kong that that which now obviously has become this you know established iconography that is like even embedded in popular culture and like something very primal about the the beauty and the beast yeah, and all that there's no one that doesn't know what that is yeah exactly um so that one actually helped revitalize cinemas and uh however many decades later almost 90 years almost 100 years um uh, it was Kong. It was Godzilla versus Kong that actually helped theaters get back on their feet uh, after COVID. After COVID, so it's these, yeah. these big monsters coming in to kind of save us, and yeah. so all kinds of all kinds of discussions there. Also, you should probably start a podcast unless you already haven't already. Like you, you have this great. I've thought about it. This. Do I've, it. Yeah, I've, uh, we've thought about doing one. Uh, me and another creator friend of mine, James Robinson. Mm-hmm. We, we, Every once in a while, I'll talk about doing one, but we're both so busy. I just of course, um, um, I'll, I'll give yeah, you the fascinating thing about you, Kong. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. How unusual is it for? Here's this character uh, idea for this gigantic ape monster mm-hmm. character created back in the 1930s to have this strange worldwide life to such a degree that the the character gets adopted into Japanese kaiju films mm. right I mean that is such an interesting thing to think about so I, I wouldn't surprise that that stuff is not as popular or as well known to say people who might know what Godzilla is mm-hmm. like a general public of course. So, you know, it might have surprised some people <clears throat> at first that, wait, Godzilla <laughs> versus Godzilla, calm. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, when you look at back at the at the Japanese monster movies, you know, there quite a few of them have King Kong, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting thing because here's this one idea that started in an American film company mm-hmm. uh, focused on American culture at the time. Mm-hmm then get adopted and translated into you know, Japanese entertainment culture. Mm-hmm. And now it's back here as yeah. this marriage of the two. It's, it's nice. super fascinating. It's fascinating. And I, I know obviously they ran with the tagline. Also, this has become the Monsterverse podcast just for a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, they had the tagline, one will fall. There's some contention about, but for me, I mean, Godzilla won. Like, he put him in his fucking boom. Like, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah. Nail to the ground. I, I they both hit the floor a couple times. They did. <laughs> so. uh, okay. See, so we're not going to. That's 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 firmly established. Um, Man, here's the thing. Oh, actually, how long have we? Because I don't want to. Oh, yeah. We're coming up right to the hour. That's that's cool. The, the podcast is instinct. And I think. Oh, it's no, no worries. No worries, man. Well, I figured, look, thank you. Jeez. Uh, again, I, I hope, hopefully I always, I encounter this meta thing that happens is um, when I have these opportunities to, again, be this conduit for this 
truly immeasurable amount of like human gratitude. I, I try to be, I try not to be so esoteric, but um, you know, you can search hashtags a little bit. It's like sort of Pocophon, people have been like this art, this album, all of this, this imagery, the gift that, that my father, the mother gave me or whatever. Like, so you're part of so many people's like stories, you know? Um, and, and also obviously way beyond the sword, obviously into your, into your, into your visual art and, and storytelling. And it's just, so just you're, and, and then on that, I always, I always try to, to not have, when I say these things get like to have the person be like, yes, yes, I've heard it before. And I always try to find some way to, to impart that information in a new way that maybe does kind of get through because oh, yeah. creators like yeah. you, you're notoriously humble, notoriously like deflecting, like, oh, please, no, none of that. But genuinely, man, like, thank you for being who you are, doing what you do. Like, thank you for existing. It's just, it's great. And like, keep, it's clearly stuff that just comes naturally from you. Like, I always think the best artists is like, that's breathing to them. Like, it's just what mm-hmm. they'd be doing, what they'd be doing anyway. And um, you're obviously going to have a lot of comic artists seeing your name tuning into this and i guess i hope it hopefully it's not too rote not too trite but if you had i guess a teensy bit of advice for people who kind of want to do what you do and um oh and create some album art one day and say like you know what jh like he really put me on my path i heard him on that podcast one time you know <laughs> anything like that uh well for first off i mean thanks for the you know very sweet comments uh for me it's like I don't know. I always feel I really appreciate, you know, people appreciate what I do. But at the same time, I kind of always feel like I'm just being me. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Uh, So, but thank you for saying that is uh, means a lot. Um, As far as good advice for people who want, to uh, pursue creative endeavors, I think it should be, it's tough because even tougher now, because there's so much pressure Mm. to bend to the will of um, whoever's presenting you the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And it's a tough rope, tightrope to walk um but the biggest thing i can say is be true to yourself um be who you are don't worry about trying to um you know oh why can't i be like so and so or do this like so and so that's tough to not do it's tough to you know that there's artists you appreciate it's tough not to uh, to want to hopefully uh, reach for that pedestal, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not saying to disregard your influences. I show my influences on my sleeve um, with my work, uh, but when I mean true to yourself, don't don't ever lose sight of what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever uh, compromise your position. Um, That can be risky and it can be a scary prospect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for people starting out, you have to be able to be willing to take losses amongst your wins. 
And what I mean by that is early in my career, there was a few different instances where I was promised one thing or I wanted something else out of the project and was willing to walk away from the opportunity because it wasn't meeting my, what I wanted. A simple example is um, uh, I got contacted by an editor to do a, a, a one-off comic that was an annual extra long story in an annual. Uh, and at the time I was, I had a regular inker or, or just had started a regular ink, uh, pencil inker relationship with Mick Gray. Uh, and they wanted to hire me to do this book. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got my, I got my inker, you know, to bring along so we don't have to worry about that. And the editor was, Oh, well, we already hired the anchor. Oh, and I'm like, well, why'd you do that? <laughs> Cause how could you hire the anchor not knowing who your penciler was already? Um, and they're like, Oh, you know, I said, well, I, I, you know, and they're like, well, we're contracting you. We already contracted this person. I'm like, well, then I'm not doing it. <laughs> done i just was blunt i was stuck to my guns i'm like i'm not doing it because you're not i'm not getting the guy who i think is best for me and that was the end of the conversation the next day they call me back and say all right you got your guy done so that's what i mean you have to be willing to take losses with the winds and that was pretty early in your career you're saying you know yeah okay without being a dick about it exactly you know be professional yeah. don't get into you know uh, a shouting war with whoever's you know hiring you to do something yeah. but be true to yourself and that can be really hard when you're early in your career because you so many people operate probably even more so now from the fear of losing the opportunity which can so you have to kind of go with like okay Maybe that wasn't for me, but maybe another opportunity will come tomorrow or the next day. That's how you have to operate mm. as doing creative endeavors. Um, That's you know, good, man. Being true to yourself in a navigating the professional side of it, regardless mm. of what you do creatively, you know. Amazing. So, I mean, I think that's, again, that's applicable to just, just about every creative, um, in, you know, sphere and, and, uh, and um vocation you know even like layout and, and just like that's that jh moment which let's just refer them to that it's that moment of just that gentle but firm like you, you're starting out this thing and and it's true because it's so early on you don't have the momentum and, and the identity of what you do is so important uh yeah. and, and if you compromise it too early then you kind of just you're sort of just yeah um you can you can fall into a trap where you'll be dissatisfied with the, with what you're mm-hmm. working on because you you allowed it to progress progress in a way mm-hmm. that wasn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's projects where you think it's everything's perfect at the beginning, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, you're like, "Oh, this is this project isn't working out how I thought it would." Mm-hmm. But if you start out at a point of where you've compromised your your vision and your principle mm-hmm. uh, early on, you're setting yourself up to always fall into that mm-hmm. trap. And this sounds terrible to say, but there's people that a lot of people who work in, in the upper echelon of this stuff 
who are the ones who provide the opportunity, the ones who are doing the hiring. Mm-hmm. This is cynical to say, but I think there's a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of them that will take advantage of that. Of course. And if they see yeah. that in an individual that they think they can always push them into something else, it's bad for you to, for, for your own uh, creative health to, to allow that to go on. So you have, I, I don't know what it was about me early on where, where I was just like, no, this is, you know, I love that. I don't know. It's weird. It's like, maybe you had probably it, seen it someone me that was like that because I <laughs> wanted to do comics so much. I, I grew up wanting to do comics, you know, mm. I always foresaw myself being a comic book artist. So it's, it's strange that I would be willing to take that kind of risk early on but at the same time i guess i felt i cared about what i did so much that Mm -hmm. that took precedent i had well what i mean great child raising that's all i gotta say man it's all about nurture (laughs) you gotta i'm 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 a little bit of levity there but i'm saying it's like um if you have to do these things these self-checks of like hey wait a second how much of how I conduct myself and the, and the decisions, like how much I say no and, and why do I say yes so much? Like that's, that goes into yeah. like psychology and stuff. But I just think maybe pretty early on, maybe you'd seen certain film or like a certain mentor you'd seen as like, Hey, you know, it's important to um, whilst being open to opportunities, like uh, and then there's that whole adage of like, you need to fill your own vessel first. You need to put your own mask yeah. on first before you put it on the person next to you, whatever that, yeah. that whole, that whole notion that, um, inauthenticity has a time limit like and and even if the mask is like so similar to your own contours it's like if it's not you then it will begin to itch um yeah yeah Yeah. and so you can't do an impression of yourself you just have to be yourself you know yeah and it's a tricky thing to do to to navigate that too because you you don't want to you want to be confident enough about knowing what you're after but not be so much in a position where you're just closed off from what anyone else might be suggesting because you want you want to be able to to be open enough to take in what someone else might be thinking because mm. and, and be true to yourself knowing that i don't know it all maybe they're right mm. you know right you know so to weigh those options carefully uh, it's super important Man, extremely eloquently expressed and and and, and universal and, and definitely something for myself and then everyone tuning in to take something away from. But dude, it has been such a pleasure. <laughs> we have to get you back on something in the future. Sure. Like a whole bunch Anytime. of different Yeah, I'm that OCD uh graphic designer slash other that I just I really when I just didn't see anyone doing anything, it's like, well, let's I mean again. And don't be surprised if I eventually start up like the Echo Lands podcast. Like, don't be surprised. <laughs> I just think it's like, why, if that conversation should be had, why shouldn't there be an outlet for it? And um, speaking about this perhaps podcast notion, I know you guys are busy, but all I'll say is, I, the reason I can juggle all of these different outlets, and you'll probably start getting followed by like the Odd World podcast, the Star Wars podcast. I just kind of went URL crazy one time. Is, um, is it's Anchor. There's this app, I think Spotify bought them out. So it's all totally free. You can upload even MP4s to it. It's just a browser drag and drop thing, and it sends everything to um, to Apple and Spotify. So it's I can if you if you guys if it's you're at that point, I'll just send you. It's this like three step thing, and I can imagine like as you're just inking, 
right? I'm sure you're having a bunch of thoughts. And so maybe these like personal diaries, even it's like, Hey, you know, we're going to, and people do art streams as well. Do you do those like where people kind of, um, they watch you paint and stuff? I thought, I thought about it. Um, oh. My wife keeps wanting me to do one or, okay. or to do them, but it, All right. I, I, add, my, I, I always, add my voice to hers now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like, um, when I'm working, I move around so weirdly sometimes ah. when I'm working. I always feel like, oh, it's just going to feel cumbersome. I don't know. And, yeah. and like I said, I'm a little bit slow <clears throat> on what I do. So I don't there know how Whatever works. How, how much people would actually be like watching paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe one, one of these days. Uh, and, and it doesn't help them. I'm, I'm, you know technically challenged tech <laughs> challenge i got a, you man so that's why i'm i'm i call it it's the the, the semi-luddite slash occam's solution is for me it's i just yes. get the get the faff out of the way it's like what's the simplest solution and it's this drag and drop thing and um but so yeah that's and cool. and yeah i mean you know because you have a smartphone yeah like i'm sure like with the yeah voice memos right you just record uh-huh. boom while you're recording and again this will be good because then you can just bring the phone with you around with you wherever you sort of and i do the same i draw kind of i just i just move around you know and you're just recording to it again it doesn't have to be the highest quality it's just like musings or thoughts or whatever and then you literally go save mp3 after you whatever hour however long you've, you're drawing for drag it into a browser and then literally that just sends it and you just have like a little uh, hey you know um don't have to do any post-processing if you don't want to add editing or whatever. It's literally like JH's like video diary or like audio chronicles. Um, uh-huh. And then to have each of those podcasts have like a little Kofi link or something. It's like, hey, if you enjoyed the fucking, if you enjoyed the stream, you know, feel free to send us a, you know, the tip jar thing or whatever. Like I always, I always love finding different avenues for people. It's like, why not? And I'm glad that your wife had that notion, you know, of just like, why not? You know, so, yeah. but that's just what, me. What, what? One thing that might be kind of interesting if I was to do it is to do it in a way that hopefully is slightly different mm-hmm. where it's going to go horizontal. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, like when I'm, when I'm drawing, I have ramblings in my head about, um, uh, you know, like, okay. Like as an example, page, I just got done working on uh, this character, ironically enough, has a cloak of feathers um <laughs> meant to be meant and, to be uh, but illustrating these feathers in black and white cuz the raven feathers uh on little tiny images is like <laughs> i have these ramblings going in my head like nope that's still not right that's still not right she's <laughs> like i don't know if it would be in- it would be amazing to just to say that out loud <laughs> yeah it would be great yeah. and and i think and then I'd then like you you no no your wife will be like what have i done because now you're going to be enjoying it people are going to be donating and stuff and it's like we just want to hear jh's like jh's like actual mumblings while he's drawing like as an asmr thing like as a relaxing you know asmr is a whole other thing as well man we could i'm sure we could talk for a bunch of hours but i'm going to give you one of these daggy just i do i do these big zoom hugs yeah man look after yourself have an amazing it's been such a pleasure as i mentioned before and uh yeah it's been great conversation for sure, man. And don't, yeah. So the monster, everything we touched on, you'll, you'll soon get followed by that podcast. Cause I just okay. enjoy the admin cool. of it and uh, man, have an amazing rest of the weekend. I'll, I'll edit this one together and I'll send you the links. Sounds great. Let's talk again. Talk, talk again soon. See you, man. <laughs> Bye. Bye.